skin is a living part of your body and your largest organ. And as skincare experts for over 30 years, Dermalogica's number one focus is on empowering people to achieve their healthiest skin ever. Education is at the heart of everything we do. So our podcast brings advice from top skin health experts directly to you. Join us as we discuss research and skin technologies to help you get real results. Welcome to your skincare journey with Dermalogica. It's time to start living in your healthiest skin. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Living Skin Podcast. It's Beth Bialko, and we are bringing you today our Therapist Thursdays episode. Now, Therapist Thursdays are where we feature Dermalogica skin experts from all over the world. And today, we're calling into Northern Kentucky with our very special guest, Jillian Link. So welcome to the podcast, Jillian. Hi. Hi, Beth. (laughs) Oh, so great to have you here. Thanks for calling in today. I appreciate it. It is amazing to be on this podcast. I listen to you all the time. (laughs) Thanks. Thanks. Well, I know this is your day off, right? So you're taking the time to spend your day off with us today. So we really appreciate that. Yeah, it's no problem. Well, for those of you who maybe um, aren't familiar with Jillian, I know she also too has a great social media following, but Jillian actually um, is a Dermalogica skin expert. She had her own account in Lexington, Kentucky, and then relocated, and now she's in Northern Kentucky, and she's the lead therapist at Hand and Stone. Now, we're going to dive into Jillian's kind of career and entrepreneur journey here in just a moment but we'll talk about that later. But Jillian is super passionate about skincare. Um, She actually achieved her expert status here earlier this year in 2019. And we are so excited to talk to you because I think you have a really great story about not only how you went from entrepreneur to working in a more corporate setting, but you also have your own personal skincare story. So I'm gonna hand it over to you and tell our listeners a little bit more about yourself as far as like when you became a skin therapist, I think most importantly, why you became a skin therapist and a little bit more about your passion and your own skincare journey that led you to this career. Okay. Um, so I started with skincare, um, in June of 2016. That's when I got my master's cosmetology license. I'm actually a Cosmo license instead of an SD, but um, when I was in cosmetology school, I would have a lot of skin reactions. I never really had good skin even growing up. My mother was always very sensitive. My skin was super sensitive, but instead of like hives or rashes or being dry, I was very oily and acne prone. So when I would react to something, I would just break out terribly and it was I mean for someone so young and being like 12 13 all the way through high school that's a really big hit on your self-esteem even if you don't really think about it like oh it's just skin but it really does like kind of it hurts so when I went into cosmetology school about a weekend I realized I hated hair (laughs) and I was much more interested in working with skin, waxing, things like that. I was just enamored with it. So I started trying almost every single professional product that I could get my hands on. 
I was always with the esthetician group that we had because in a small town, we would just kind of swap services. That way we would be able to practice and everything like that. So most of the time I spent most of my school days with our SD group and um, I just fell in love with it. I loved the masks. I loved the deep clean. I was like, this feels amazing. And my acne started clearing up. After cosmetology school, I went into, uh, I went to work at Ulta for a little bit and I was just working as a retail customer and the skin therapist at Ulta, I was just kind of venting to her about, oh, I need something that I can afford, but I also need something that actually works. And she, that's when I bought my first Dermalogic product and head over heels. I bought the clearing skin wash and I just, I still adore it. I have it on my counter right now. It's one of my favorite products. <laughs> but um, after that, I just kind of realized that's what I want to do. So as soon as I became a master cosmetologist, I dove headfirst into skin and never really looked back. And that's just kind of how I keep going. I love it. I, I love that story. That's perfect. So you've actually had your cosmetologist license. And I think it's interesting that you're like, hair was not my thing, right? And I think that's, I've actually talked to a lot of cosmetologists who have found that passion because you really get trained in almost every aspect, right, of the, of the industry. And so, you know, you were, so you were suffering from oily and acneic skin. Is that right? When you were kind of going through your teenage years? Oh yeah. Oily, acne, and sensitive. I could look at a pimple and get it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right. And I think a lot of our clients out there are, you know, are in that same boat. And I think that's a really great point that you made, Jillian, about how you felt at the time. And I think that's why a lot of us who are in the industry become so passionate with, about skincare, because it's not only maybe our own personal skincare story, but it's also the, the fact that you want to help people, right? You want to be able to see someone else change their skin, much, much like you did um, as well. So now tell me a little bit more about your own business. So you had that in Lexington, and then you kind of switch gears going into Hand in Stone. Yeah. Um, so I actually, my mom was a massage therapist for, she is a massage therapist. She has been for 20-something years. And she's owned her own business the entire time. So she was the first person to tell me, you should do this. You should do this. You should just go. Like, I'll help you. We'll figure it out. We'll go and we'll do it. And it was pretty awesome. I, I, I met a lot of people through education. I got to meet um, one of my favorite trainers, Liv, who's now one of my friends. I got to meet Rochelle, who she's just amazing. She helped me out with so much of my education as well. and. It just, it blossomed. I did pretty well in Lexington, especially on my own. But the only thing that really got me was how turned on all the time you have to be. There's no break from owning your own business. There's no real stop or breather. Um, if clients call you, then they call Because I also had, it was a very small business. So I didn't have a landline phone or a whole salon to myself. I had a cute little room that I just gussied up and that's where I did everything. And it was just kind of like a cute little room in a corporate office building. <laughs> okay. But um, that's really kind of what happened is 
people were calling my personal phone to get in and get booked. And I was working with, like I worked with Groupon to help try to do these things. I would walk around to every little salon room in this place and just talk to people about skincare. Cause I was the only person there that did skin. Everybody else was like, it was a hairstyling place. Mm-hmm. So it was very interesting. Um, it was a lot of work, but it was something that's at the end of the day is very fulfilling because it's like, oh, I did this by myself. I'm doing this by myself. Like, no, but I don't need anybody else. Yeah. <laughs> it was kind of that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's, that's kind of how my experience went with Lexington. It was really, really nice. I really liked it, but it ended up not being for me. And so what do you think, what, what do you think made the difference for you or the, the kind of the defining moment where you're just like, Hey, you know, I've given this owning my own business a shot and I'm, I'm ready to, you know, change gears. And I like how you said that because you said it wasn't for you and that's okay. Right. It's sometimes owning a business may sound like the thing to do, but if you know, you're someone who's considering right now and it's not resonating with you, it's not part of who you are or you feel it right deep down in your soul. That's okay. And I think what's important and I love about your success story is that yes, you had success as a, you know, as an independent owner, but you know, you're also thriving and having such great success. Like you said, you actually just really blossomed and really got, you know, super busy, um, in hand in stone. What do you think was the defining moment for you to switch gears? Was it recognized well, the fact it wasn't for you? I did. It recognized that and also timing. Timing played a big part of it as well. I was about to move. And honestly, I think the thought and the anxiety that came with thinking of how am I going to do this? How am I going to start? How am I going to relocate? I already had kind of a following in here. Nobody's going to follow me two hours north. And so it was a lot of anxiety more than, oh, this will be amazing. Mm -hmm. So sometimes people handle it differently. And I just had way too much anxiety thinking about how I'm going to start all over and realizing that that was bringing me way more stress and anxiety rather than joy was a big factor in, oh, this might not be for me. And there's nothing completely wrong with that. Some people will look at it and they'll say, oh yeah, let's do it. Gung ho. Let's go for it. It's like, it'll be an amazing adventure. And I was that person that was like, oh, I can't adventure anymore. (laughs) So I actually contacted Rochelle and I asked her if she knew of anything, because this is kind of a little bit more her area. Mm -hmm. And so she actually sent me to gave me the owner's email hand in stone. And once I interviewed there, I was, I was just enamored. It's so much of a team aspect. And I think that's what I was missing. Me personally was missing in your own business. There is no team. It is just you. So marketing that all falls on you. Scheduling falls on you. Payment falls on you. Advertising anything that you want to do in your independent business is that's you. All the mm-hmm. ideas have to come from you. All the, like Dermalogica has a lot of help though, by the way, I use that merchandising website a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I, 
I loved it. <laughs> yeah. And so Rochelle is your business consultant, just so everyone who's yes, listening knows. Sorry. <laughs> okay. No, that's okay. Yeah. So really reaching out to her. And I think that's interesting how also too you use your network, right? To kind of oh, yeah. to sort out what's what's best for, for you as well. And I you know I think it's also a, a time to consider that when you are having, like you said, you had some major life changes going. You were like moving and trying to relocate. And, you know, I think, you know, in this industry, it also shows from what you're sharing with us, Jillian, is that, you know, with your license, with your, you know, your hand on skills, you can take that anywhere with you and you can put it to work in any type of um, work surrounding, whether it is an independent, you know, salon owner to working for someone else. Um, and I think that's a really a great testament to how you really used your training and your skill set and said, you know what, I can, I can set up shop. I can be successful in any type of business. So that's really great. Yeah, exactly. I think that was, um, that was just kind of one of the biggest things is you have to look at it as not a failure either. I feel like I looked at not being an independent business owner, like after the move, I looked at it as I just failed that. It's like, I was like, nope, I failed that. And it was actually a conversation with um, my hand and stone manager. And she, cause she had her own business as well. And she kind of, we sat down and we talked about it and she's like, it's not a failure. It's a lesson, something that you learn from. She's like, it helps you find your niche a little bit easier. Cause if you do kind of corporate franchise work and it doesn't work out for you, that's not a failure. It's just a learning point. Same thing with independent. If you do an independent uh, like salon and you own that and you do that, but it doesn't work out, it doesn't mean you failed. It just means you're that much closer to finding your own niche in this like industry. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And that's, a, that's a, such a great point. And just like you found your own niche within your license, right? As a cosmetologist, you went exactly, more, yeah. towards, more towards skincare. Um, and that's also too great how you're sharing about using your support, using your network, which is also why we do these types of Therapist Thursday podcasts, <laughs> because, you know, we're all in it together and we're all, you know, have such a passion for what we do. And it doesn't matter where we're working you know, in what type of environment or where in the world is just being able to say, you know what, someone else has definitely um, experienced that. Now, I know that through um, your own business, but even more so here with Hand in Stone, education has been such a huge driver for you. Um, and you became a dermatological skin expert. What has that meant to you? And how has that affected your business and maybe even your clientele? I think being in Dermalogica expert, not only does it, it feel good, especially as someone who's strived to learn and someone who's kind of fought their way up, especially being a cosmetologist as well. But I feel like it gives me a lot of confidence knowing that I have made it, that I have proven myself with education and I am an expert. It gives you that embodiment of confidence and it, it changes the way you talk to clients and not like with arrogance, but it gives you more confidence when you're telling them about their skincare. I don't know how many times when I was on my own or just starting out, I was kind of like, oh yeah, well this will work and here's why. 
Um, it might, well, you don't have to take it home today or anything. I would bring myself down because they, it's like I expected the consumer to judge me for not having that expert status. Mm. But mm -hmm. as soon as I hit that expert, I was like, oh no, no, we got this. We're going to go through. It's, it was just a huge confidence boost. And also knowing that I could do it. I think that was just a huge accomplishment. I remember I could not stop smiling the whole week of February 22nd <laughs> because I was just so excited that I got my expert. I worked so hard for it. I did a little post in our Facebook group and everything. I was so excited and it made, it just makes me feel good. Mm -hmm. And I also feel like it gives my voice an authority as well because a lot of my guests are more around middle age or older and talking to someone my age and expecting expertise from them. Sometimes it can be a little backwards. Mm -hmm. Sometimes they don't really look at you in that light of how much education you have. So having that little pin on and having that little sign on the door, it really does help because they're like, Oh, this is the expert. And I mean, a lot of times you will, I will get some criticism from my age, but I made it girl. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I think that's, I love how you said that, how it gave you kind of the extra boost of confidence to be able to not only plan out, right, your a proper skin treatment, a proper at-home skincare regimen, but having that conversation with the, with your guests, because, you know, consumers this day, they're, they're super savvy and they come in asking some really, you know, deep questions in or in yeah. in-depth questions. Yeah, definitely. And education is so key. And I think a lot of our consumers sometimes maybe don't realize what it takes to become a licensed professional and mm -hmm. also to what it takes to become an expert as well, because education just doesn't stop. You just don't go in, get your license and suddenly you can set up shop. It's a, a constant learning and dedication to the to industry, to your craft. What do you do currently right now to kind of keep up on your training? Is there something that you find yourself doing a lot of? Is it online? Is it going to classes? Yeah, I, um, I unfortunately, I'm too far away to go into the IDI classes, but I am so excited. I have a trip planned out to go to one. So, okay. But usually what I do is I will review the Dermalogica DNA usually about once a month. That's something that when I go online, because I did most of my education through de-streaming. I mean, in Kentucky, we don't really have too much of the uh, larger IDIs here. Like the closest one is in Chicago. So I did a lot, a lot of de-streaming and I highly suggest it because even if you aren't in the classroom, it still feels like you're in the classroom. It's great. They're just fantastic. All the teachers, instructors that I've had through the de-streaming are fantastic and amazing. And But usually what I do to kind of keep up is I definitely go through the Dermalogica DNA uh, Retail Plus Pro, that little education kind of webinar a lot. It's one of the things that you can review. It goes in depth. You've got all your ingredients. You have all your actives and everything like that. And it's, it's wonderful. It really is. It gives you that mental Rolodex of kind of information that you need, mm -hmm. especially talking to guests. It's like, they expect you to spit out why, 
like, why does this work? Why is this going to work for me? What's this yeah. going to do? Yeah. So you can spit that out real quick and you know it. Yeah. Um, I think another one of the things I do too is I actually like to, I, I, I Google a lot. I just, anytime I hear of a new trend, as soon as someone as a guest sits down in my chair and she's like, oh my gosh, have you heard of such and such? And I'm like, nope, guess what I'm doing on my break? And I will, I'll go and Google it. I will find as much information as I can on it. And we live in a world where we have so much information. Why not use it? I feel like keeping up with current trends and things like that, especially if your guests are asking you about them, that's something that's so important. Like I subscribe to skin magazines. I have um, emails that prompt me. I still pay attention to the makeup world mm -hmm. because that's something that you put on your skin. And I don't know how many times I've had a guest come in and they've got a good regimen going and they're kind of talking about it. And they're like, well, something else like this is doing something. And I'm like, okay, well, what else are you using on your face? Cause it might be that you have to take that step above. Cause I don't know how many times I personally have had reactions to foundations and couldn't figure out why, mm -hmm. but now I know that's, that could be also something as well. So being in the cosmetic industry, is it really limited to just skincare? You have so much education to learn. And like, I know a lot of people, they're like, Oh, makeup isn't the biggest part, but that is one of the things that can definitely, definitely affect your guest's skin. When it comes to skin treatments, do you find that there is maybe a, a certain skin treatment that you're doing more often? Do you have a, um, are you doing more with um, age management or with acneic skin in your business? I actually tend to have a little bit more of acneic. I think because I'm so passionate about it, I've had a couple guests that have just told, I, I actually see a lot of teenagers, a lot of teenagers and um, kind of younger people. And usually those are the problems that they're having. And it, it kind of riles me up even more because I'm like, yes, this is exactly what I had to deal with. And I understand it's like, girl, I get it. Like, and so it kind of gives me a little bit more of that passion. Although it is kind of even between aging and acne. I think acne might be a step above, but usually I'm working with a lot of kind of detoxing the skin or teaching, teaching, especially teaching teenagers how to take care of their skin. Do you ever, do you share your own story with your acneic um, clients about how, how you struggled with your skin? Oh yeah. Um, usually sometimes people will ask me too, because I still have very hormonal flare-ups. Um, I have things that aren't really under skincare's control. Mm -hmm. And that's probably one of the reasons that I am so passionate about it too, is because not a, I don't have porcelain skin. I have to work and work hard. I have a regimen. I have a very intense regimen, <laughs> mm -hmm. but um, it's one of the things that I love doing. And it really has made a huge difference in my skin. There are days where I'll get down on myself because I'll have one or two zits or pimples, pustules, whatever you want to call them. I'll have one or two of them. And I'm like, oh gosh, it was so close, so close. And you just got to let it heal. And that's one of the things too. I think going through having acne and having this type of skin, you develop a lot of patience especially seeing those slow results. Like 
acne isn't one of the acne is I feel can't really be healed in one treatment right there's no way um but like when you do like an aging or if you do something like a calming relaxing soothing facial you see those differences almost instantly especially a brightening facial oh my gosh but um with acne I almost feel like I have to prepare the guest and give them a realistic goal because they come in and they're like oh yeah she's gonna wipe away all of this and it's like well that's not how it works and then I have to I kind of have to go in depth but a lot of times they will hear from me and I'll tell them I'm still going through it it is almost six years later and I'm still going through a lot of hormonal changes a lot of different things and I still break out that's a normal thing um, having perfect skin all the time doesn't mean your skin is actually healthy having healthy skin you can still have pustules every once in a while Right. But that's one of the things is a lot of people will come in and they'll ask like, why, like, how do you know so much about acne? It's like, cause I still got it. <laughs> that's right. one of the things I keep learning about. Well, and I think it's also too, I love how you were mentioning setting the client up for success by really talking them through the process that, and not number one, over promising or trying to diagnose. Cause obviously we're not, um, doctors. And then, you know, like you said, sometimes the things that are hormonal, a little bit different that may go, might need to go beyond uh, traditional uh, skincare assistance or skincare advice. What, what piece of actually a skincare advice do you find you give um, your, your guest most often? What's maybe your favorite, favorite tip? Well, usually my favorite tip is uh, moisturize. I don't know how many people I have come in and they don't use any type of finishing product. They'll go through and they'll have a really in-depth cleanser and exfoliator and they'll do the masks and everything. But when it comes to the end product, I'm like, wait, you, you do nothing? And they're like, yeah. So I feel like a lot of people too, especially with oily skin, they freak out putting moisturizer on. Um, some people are like, oh, well, my skin doesn't need it. And I just kind of, I feel like educating them on finishing products is one of my biggest things. Just mm -hmm. moisturize. Even if your skin is oily, it could be because your skin is having a reaction from being dehydrated. Mm -hmm. There are signs you can have oil and dehydration on the same skin. Right. And it's just kind of figuring that out. And that's why an in-depth consultation really helps too. You can kind of tell. And then you ask those questions based on what you've seen. Mm -hmm. And I think that honestly, that's probably the biggest thing that I talk about right now is finishing products. Yeah. It's very common. Some people are like, I don't need a moisturizer. I have oily skin. I've never used one. It feels too heavy. And I think mm -hmm. that's where, you know, the expert of a skin therapist steps in and says, listen, I, I understand what you're doing or what you're not doing, but let's talk about how this can help you, right? Achieve your best overall skin health results. So I'm glad you brought that up because it doesn't have to be something that's, you know, mind blowing. It could be something is very, you know, a basic step of using a proper moisturizer for your skin. And of course, Dermalogica has so many different options of how you can really tap into what that client needs, whether it's for, you know, deep dehydration or dryness or oiliness. And of course, even our moisturizers that have SPF built in. 
Um, what advice then kind of switching gears a little bit, what advice do you have, um, as a skin therapist to our other skin therapists who are listening in today, any, any advice for them, whether it's around education, um, the industry, uh, any, any career advice you'd like to share? I think, um, I guess I have two little tidbits. One would definitely be, even if you are an expert, keep learning. There's always something that's new in this industry. There's always something that catches someone's eye. Um, keep with, even if you're just in, you look up like Ulta's biggest trends because that'll tell you what the main consumer is buying. Um, if people, I remember, a couple years ago, people were into those peel-off charcoal masks, so I made it my point to really learn about them. Um, kind of look at those top trends and learn a little bit more about them so that when people come into you and ask these questions, you have a ready answer um, or you have a ready opinion on what's happening, like what kind of would work. Would it work for their skin? Would it not work for their skin? Um, I think education is huge, and I've, I've built my business on education. And then I'd say the other one, the other little tidbit, I would say, be kind. Like sometimes they don't know. Mm -hmm. And it's about educating your guest because they think that they're doing something right. And it, they might not know that, oh, well, I'm using something that is bad for my skin. And I feel like kind of controlling our reaction to that sometimes because I know we sometimes there are memes or jokes and things about like oh well St. Ives everybody's using St. Ives and it's like nobody likes that it's like that's horrible for your skin but sometimes they don't know they've been using it for so long it has been working for their skin that's right you just have to educate the guest on that and I feel like being kind and kind of controlling that reaction because I don't know how many times I've had to step back for myself and be like well I mean, just a few short years ago, I had no idea either. Right. So learning and really educating your guest in a very kind fashion. I feel like sometimes we may come off a little aggressive, like, oh, no, 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 no. You can't do that for your skin. But to have someone like kind of attack you for what your skincare you're using, it can definitely come off a little, a little rough. So I feel like being kind is probably one of the biggest things. A major point that you made there is because oftentimes you may be the first person that that client has actually voluntarily seeked out, right? And, and tried to, that that person came out to, to see you for yeah. advice. They didn't have the means or the opportunity to maybe see a dermatologist or they didn't know where to go to, or they read about skincare. And I always think about when I have my business is that I have like the greatest responsibility and also to the, the greatest opportunity to work with someone who's actually come in and said, Hey, you know what? I trust you with the largest living organ of my body and that's mm -hmm. the skin. Right. And I think, yeah. That's a huge responsibility that we cannot take lightly, that someone is trusting you with their skin and trusting you to help guide them into what is right and what is correct. So I love your tip. I love your advice about being kind in all aspects of your business um, when, it, when it comes to 
comes to doing working with skincare and your clients. I think that's great. I love that. Well, Jillian, thank you so much for spending the time with us today. Thank you for calling in from Kentucky. I wish I could have been there in person. I'd <laughs> give you a big hug right now, but oh, we just really appreciate you and your honesty and being super candid about your business and your skincare journey and uh, your great advice to our professionals who are also, you know, doing their own path to maybe becoming an expert or just trying to kind of figure it all out as you're, as you're going through this industry, because it's always changing. So thank you so much. Yeah, no problem at all. It was absolutely my pleasure. Oh, great. Well, listen, have an awesome rest of the week. We're just sending you all the success and uh, we can't wait to hear about all the great things that are going to be coming your way. Well, thank you so much. Thank you for listening to Living Skin. And don't forget to rate and subscribe to this podcast. If you have any topics you'd like for us to feature, send an email to livingskinpod at dermalogica.com. And until next time, cheers to living in your healthiest skin.